A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. People see Northport, people see even where Gwinnett plays, people see all these buildings in Arizona and, and Florida. That was not the minor leagues. That was not the minor leagues. So tell everybody early 70s. Early 70s in 1971 was my rookie year. Uh-huh. I spent one whole year in the academy where we got there in 1970 and we just spent the at 49 kids, they had to break them down to 28. And then we spent that whole year of 70 together playing baseball against colleges and minor league teams was around Frank the Frank White part of that class? Frank White was in the very yeah. first class with me. He was the shortstop and yeah. I was the catcher. And and then um, we went to school. Matter of fact, uh, we spent a year and a half at Manatee Junior College. We'd go to school in the morning mm-hmm. from 7 to 11. We would come back, have lunch, and then we would hit the classroom and then the baseball field. Where do you get sent to after Sarasota? I go to Waterloo, Iowa, my first year out of Sarasota in A-ball. Okay. And um, now... I've never seen a clubhouse like this. Uh, you walk into a clubhouse, it's, it's haunted. That's how old it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go on a baseball field, it's uneven. Yeah. Uh, the dirt and the grass did not mesh. I mean, you had a hump coming off the grass and you had to be alive for, for, for wild balls and stuff like that. But I was a catcher at the time. And my first year, I only hit 242, but I led the league in stolen bases okay. as a catcher, mm-hmm. as a leadoff hitter. And um, I found the first bat that I've ever used that I love. When I first got in the pro ball, I used Jackie Robinson. No knob on the end of it, big bat, choke, hit. But I found a Frank Robinson bat. It was called the R133. And when I picked that bat up, that's the only bat I ever used from 1972 till I retired. Wow. I, I'm really asking, is that sort of, does the bat sing to you? Like people talk about you pick the bat or the bat picks you. It sounds to me like that bat picked you. That bat picked me. When I picked that bat up, I realized as a 17-year-old kid that this is the model that I want because it felt good in my hand. I was a hands hitter. Mm -hmm. It felt good. Um, The the head was top-heavy. wasn't overly top-heavy, but I could feel it. And it made me stop swinging with my arms, and I was able to start throwing my hands. And um, from that point on, my career started developing. You talked about uneven fields. You're catching, but eventually you're going to be into the middle infield. Explain to people who's cutting along, who's raking dirt, who's doing those things in the minor leagues back then. There's about three guys when I played, yeah. and they worked for the recreational department in Waterloo, Iowa. They weren't the guys that took care of the field. They came over to take care of the field on game days. We were in town. We wasn't in town. Right. Um, I guess the field just sit there because when we got back, that's when all the work started. You see them out there cutting the grass. You see them out there trying to even everything off. And it was only for the period of time we were home. So uh, you played in some dangerous positions. And when I was in Waterloo, Iowa, um, I, I didn't have enough money to have an apartment. We had to live with families. families yeah. Yeah. And I lived in basements. Um, I used to catch the, the, rapid, the rapid transit in Waterloo, Iowa, to the ballpark. 
because I didn't get a bonus. I didn't have a car. You know, I wasn't one of those guys. So that's what I used to do. I used to figure out ways that I could get to the ballpark. Um, I even IHOP. They had an IHOP in that town. I would go to that IHOP. I would eat breakfast. I would eat breakfast late, say about 11 o'clock. I would sign for my breakfast until payday. And then I would come back and pay them. I got to know the manager. Right. You know, I told him who I was yep. and what my purpose was. And he would let me come there and eat. And I would just pay him on payday. So do you look back at that and realize, look, there are baseball towns and communities where that might happen. That doesn't happen anymore for about 50 different reasons. But are you aware of, to make this, I'm going to need help? Like, I'm going to need this family. I'm going to need the guy who runs IHOP. There are, there are things and people that you need to put you in a position where you can worry about the baseball as much as you're supposed well, to worry about I found out as a youngster, um, you don't get anything if you don't open your mouth. I wasn't certain that the manager at IHOP was going to let me eat there, but I went up in there with a cause. Yeah. And I explained to him what I was doing and what my financial status was. And I mean, if you go right, if you are forthright with people, yeah. people will help you. And I was forthright. And the guy, he just took a liking to me and he did it. I would go there and eat. And I, I wouldn't overdo it. I would right. go there and eat breakfast. I never went there for dinner. You know, I knew breakfast was it because we got our little meal at the ballpark, which was bag lunch. It wasn't hot meals no. like it is today. It was bag lunch. Do you remember the name of the family that took you no, in there? No, I, I, I can't go back that far. But when you think about then, again, it's a baseball community. That's part of what happens. You're away from home. You're an adult because you've handled yourself. You've yeah. been around adults. But you look around and you go, this is, this is the only way I'm capable of staying here. Just to be with this family. Well, it was the only way that I was able to survive. Right. Um, you know, some, some guys live with other players. Mm -hmm. um, during that period of time, I'm not saying racism was, racism was real prevalent, but um, white guys on that team, uh, they didn't try to find out how you were doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's a competition, and then there's the... They didn't know any better. Kind of. You hate to say it, but it's yeah. kind of there. Everybody's trying to get to the next level. And they were so, only concerned about themselves. Worry about me. And I was the kind of person that I worried about everybody else that was involved in what I had to do. Mm -hmm. That was, that's what made me who I am today yeah. because I cared about people. I didn't have a whole lot, but I was willing to share what I had. And there were some guys, I can tell you, they wasn't willing to share their yeah. prosperity. And it never bothered me because I've always been self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. That's why I learned the transit system in Waterloo, Iowa. I learned how to get where I had to go. I made sure that a meal, I was able to get it, even if it was just one a day. Yeah. Because, I mean, I wasn't making any money. I wasn't a bonus baby. Right. If I'd got some bonus money, that would have been different. Mm -hmm. And the rent at the time was $380, $350 a month. Which, which wasn't a whole lot in today's standard, but right. it was a heck of a lot in that standard because I was only making $550 a month. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? My yeah. check would come is 300, $280 something dollars, 300 something dollars. I'm gonna pay $300 a month rent out of that. And I was married at the time and oh. my wife is at home. You see what I'm saying? So what I did is I made certain that whatever monies I had, mm -hmm. I sent home. Yeah. I survived off of what I could. 
That's what I did. Baseball was my food. Right. And by the way, it's it's sort of what you try to instill in your kids. And other, book smarts are great. Street smarts are better. Yeah. Figure out how yeah. you're going to put yourself in a position the right way with the right attitude and make it beneficial. It's funny about Iowa. Let's just say there's a drought, 12-day drought. It's not like they're out there watering fields every day. Oh, so no. we're talking about, again, what people need to understand is when you're talking about the minor leagues, it's pretty now. Yeah. It's really a, pretty now. A, a, a nail? I mean, are you are you in a place where my pants are going to go on a nail? My locker is this big. You told me. What did you have? You had a little box? Had a little box. Metal lockers. Yeah. Um, you really could only fit your body in it. And if you was a big guy, you couldn't fit your body in it. Because when, when we had downtime, you see guys sitting inside the locker. Yeah. I mean, they just their butts were inside the locker and yeah. their legs was hanging out the locker <laughs> and shoulders were barely in. And... You had to wash your own clothes. I, I, you had to wash your own clothes. Your uniform, you had to wash it. There weren't no clubhouse guys. Bins, yeah, toss no, it in, leave. No, no, you had to do that. You had can, to do that yourself. Can I ask something? So years later, when the world changes in terms of there's money, there's locker rooms, when maybe even as a player towards the end of your career, certainly as a coach, I mean, would you be one of those guys who was pissed if somebody just dropped something in the middle of the floor in a locker room, knowing that, come on, it doesn't bother me because we got so many guys picking it up. Okay. And but I, it bothers me in the sense that you need to handle your own business. Right. There's a place for you to put that stuff, but this, this I'm not just going to put it on this generation, but when you got people catering to you, mm-hmm. uh this generation do yeah. accept that cater. My generation still pick my stuff up and put it where it's supposed to be. Were you amazed when you get to the bigs? They water the fields. They they rake them. There's I mean, there has to be a certain moment when you go, oh, well, this before, is why people want to stay here. Before I made it to the big leagues, yeah. I ended up having an opportunity to, to play in some nice places. I mean, Albuquerque, New Mexico okay. was where the Dodgers were. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Toledo, Ohio, that's where the Minnesota Twins were. Um, I played in Rochester, New York. That's where the Baltimore Orioles were. That's when I was in AAA. Yeah. Uh, AA, I played at St. Mary's uh, College in San Antonio, Texas. Um, so, I mean, as, 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 as I got closer to the big leagues, the fields and the prep got better. When I say prep, I'm talking about the clubhouses. Uh-huh. They, they did get better. And when I finally got to the big leagues, actually the Dodger stadium was those metal lockers. Built uh, in the sixties. Yes. Yeah. They had urinals where right by the dugout, you know, running urinals. Yeah. So. But but it was still better than yeah. where I came. Yeah. Today, it's 100% different. It's amazing. Yes. it's. I, I remember, I tell people all the time, West Palm, where the Braves and the Expos were, when I first started, there was like a chain link fence, and you stepped over it, and you, you were like in the facility. No security, yeah. no nothing. It was just kind of like this chain link fence, this low was the separation between the parking lot and there was none of that going on these days. No, not today. Yeah. Not I want to finish up with this. When you get the call, that you're gonna go up to LA. And by the way, when you're talking about LA, we'll talk about this another time. The the former players, the guys from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, who I'm sure you saw, we'll, we'll talk about how that okay. sort of plays out coming up this year. Uh, but when you get the call up, when you realize you've busted your hump, you beat odds, I'm a catcher, I'm 138 pounds, well, it's all against you. Um, I gotta live with families because I gotta make sure my wife and we can survive. You got a lot of stuff going against you. When you find out, when you who tells you that you're going up? 
uh, Mr. Sweppy. He was the minor league director for the uh, Dodgers at the time. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.